Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 105 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Bob Stoffer out of the home office with Derek Scott back at the 630 Chad Studios. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue. Open Monday to Saturday. I will tell you, we've got tons of texts coming in on your goaltending solutions for the Edmonton Oilers. Keep them coming. I'll work them into the narrative a little bit later on today's show. As promised, Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta live. Thurbid racing back at Century Mile Racetrack each Friday and Saturday free parking and admission. For more information, head to thehorses.com as we head to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, 780-496-0063, the River Cree Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. And we welcome back to the show Sportsnet Spec, Mark Spector. Spec, how you doing? No, pretty good, Bobby. Pretty good. The goalie situation uh, does not have a clear answer, does it? Is it the calm before the proverbial storm for the uh, Edmonton Oilers? I know you did one of your famous, or perhaps better yet, infamous uh, Oilers mailbags where you got a bunch of questions coming in. And I I do think the number one question at this time is the goaltender market. And here's where, you know... If anybody can appreciate the goaltending position, Spec, it's Ken Holland. He played that position in the NHL. Uh, in the past, he went after Dominic Hasek and Cujo in Detroit. Um, he took a run at Jacob Markstrom in 2020 and Darcy Camper in 2021. Mm-hmm. What says you about uh, the potential of what Edmonton could do goaltending-wise? Well, that's what I think you got to look at Holland's history. And he's, his history is if he can get a top, top guy like the four guys you just mentioned, you know, he, he tried to spend a lot of money on Markstrom and a, probably a little less money on Kemper. Uh, and they did not choose to come to Edmonton. When he was in Detroit, he, at long stretches of time, he kept less expensive goalies like Manny Legacy, like Chris Osgood, like Jimmy Howard, who's homegrown goalie as well. Because he doesn't spend money on his goaltending position if he can avoid it. So my my point to you would be this, Bob. If there's a big dog out there, and I can't think of one at this point, uh, let's say John Gibson. 
let's say just for fun that John Gibson became the first player who ever was an American guy playing in California who decided he'd come to Edmonton. Let's just play that game for a second, okay? I don't think he will, but let's say he did. I think Ken Holland would be all in on that trade. I think he would be offering whatever it took to get John Gibson because he is a legitimate Stanley Cup caliber goaltender. Here's what he won't do. His history tells me he won't pay four and a half, five million bucks for Billy Hussle. I would suggest to you that if he has to pay for a guy, Billy Hussle has played 64 NHL games in his life, regular season, right? Not very many, Bobby. So, if I had to pick one goalie out there, I hear that the, I am still hearing that Flurry's not coming to Edmonton. I'm still hearing that Varlamov is not going to move from New York Islanders. Uh, maybe there's a trade for Georgiev. You got to tell me if you think he can play 50 games for you next year. I'm not sure he can. Uh, to me, if I had to pick one guy to hat today, a guy that's at least proven himself and might not break your bank would be Jack Campbell. I could see Jack Campbell ended up here. What do you think? Uh, I could see Georgiev being open to the opportunity in Edmonton. Oh, he might be. But if you're going to run Skinner out, you can't run Skinner out for too many games or you're going to ruin a young goalie. You need a guy that can play 50 games. You and, tell we me don't, and we don't know that on Georgiev at this time. I don't think we do. Right? I don't think we do. Yeah. It's important not to put Skinner in a position where you bring in a guy who fails and all of a sudden he's got to play 50 games. That's not fair to a young goalie. That's how you wreck a prospect. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Again, we have lots of different suggestions on this front. You can text us, and people keep saying, Bob, is Florida going to retain salary? What about Bobrovsky? Now you're asking about a uh, Russian again uh, that's playing in Florida that went there for a reason. Uh, Tidbit says, Bob, uh, Connor Hellebuck is a pipe dream. Gibson at four million and give her beak what he wants outside of Holloway Broberg Borgo included uh, and include Yamamoto Poliarvi Bouchard is the, well I I don't see that happen but Rofsky at half price eh. Hugh so UFA deal same as Allmark and my guess that gets it done uh, Allmark of course signing with the Boston Bruins. Uh, Georgie yeah. have um, asked for a trade last year, and Jerry is his agent still selling at the coffee chats daily. <laughs> I don't know how yeah. this texter. I don't know how Tidbit knows that on Georgiev. Um, Bob, what about the, the orders trading a first round pick in twenty two Samarukov and Borgo to Philly for Carter Hart and return back the orders fourth round pick in twenty twenty three? That comes yeah. to us from Kill. I, I can't see Philadelphia doing that for. Carter Hart and I and I and Borgo's an, an, an interesting player right now because he's played so well. Um, uh, BB's well, yeah, I, BB's not a fan of bringing uh, Campbell in. He thinks there's a little bit too much baggage with him. I don't know. You know what? Herm is a former goaltender himself. Um, Herm says Bob, uh, this may have been talked about. Huso is a good fit for the Oilers. A trade, uh, uh, a trade possibly for Barry. Well, why would St. Louis do that? Well, he's a UFA. You're not trading him. Right. And, by the way, St. Louis has already got two skilled puck-moving D and Krug and Falk that aren't exactly big. Uh, The other thing is on Hellebuck, Bob, there's only one way in the world that Winnipeg's trading Hellebuck. And if that's that's if he's like Truba and he's an American player who has told Kevin Sheveldayoff, look, I'm not signing here when I'm a UFA. I'm going to go somewhere else. I've had my career in Winnipeg. Thank you. Yeah. I'm going to move on. Mark, so, did you... Did, sorry. Wait a second. Let me finish my thought. If you're Edmonton and the guy doesn't want to play in Winnipeg, guess what? Bob doesn't want to play in Edmonton either. Yeah, fair comment. Um, Mark, did you say that you believe that Kemper didn't want to come to Edmonton? You didn't say that, did you? 
No, what I said was he had the opportunity to choose Edmonton as no. a free agent and chose Colorado. No, that's incorrect. Sorry, Mark. We need to qualify that. I don't. I just uh, the texter DT points out. I may be wrong, but wasn't Kemper acquired by trade and Sackick offered more than Holland? Remember, uh, Arizona ate a part of the last. Kemper becomes a UFA this summer, Mark. He had a year left in his deal. Arizona. Arizona, and I just I just want to get it right for everybody out there. Uh, Darcy yeah. Kemper, Darcy's from Saskatoon, played for the Red Deer Rebels, and the Arizona Coyotes put him out there. And both the Oilers and uh, Colorado offered first round picks, and yeah. Yeah. the Arizona Coyotes had a scout that was the head amateur scout of Colorado that drafted Connor Timmins. And they wanted counter Timmons over Dmitry Samarukov. And that's why that trade ultimately happened. So there you go. Uh, again, you can text us 7804960063. Mark, carry price at half price scares the hell out of me. What about you? Oh, scares the hell out of me, too. I wouldn't. I, Carey Price is, you know, everyone loves Carey Price's career, but there's way too much drama. There's way too much uncertainty. He might not play. So, no, no, I'm not going near him. And, and I think we should add this on Darcy Kemper, and I'll tell you that, you know, I, I did. I misspoke on that for sure. But if you're Darcy Kemper and you're playing a game tonight, for the Colorado Avalanche, about to you know a, a possible cup clinching game, and you're the starter. Why would you sign somewhere else next year? Where are you going to go that's going to be better than Colorado? Hundred percent. Maybe you could make a million more bucks somewhere else or a million and a half, but you're leaving Colorado now. Why on earth would you leave Colorado now? Well, it's kind of like the opportunity to stay with the Oilers organization in a variety of roles. I mean, now's the time to be in Edmonton because the likelihood right. is, and and I, I think you and me both acknowledge, Mark, that the Oilers are going to have to have a really good offseason again to get back to where they were. They got a lot of work yeah. to do, right? They've got some, oh. they've got some contracts that don't perform at the requisite level of which the compensation is there. Yep. Which so brings does every us, team. So does every team, Bobby. Yep. Which brings us to Vander Kane. You had some, uh, and I know you referenced this in your piece, so shed some light, educate our listeners on Evander Kane, and I'll shut up for the next 90 seconds. Well, this is, I have a theory on Evander Kane, and I'm not going to present this as something that's coming from a source or anything, but here's what I know. When Bill Daly came out and said that, that oh, geez, our arbitrator is busy until late July, we can't. We can't arbitrate the Kane contract till well after the free agency deadline of July 13th. I was very, I am very suspicious of that ball. That doesn't pass the sniff test for me, right? I don't know about you, but this is a pretty big organization, the National Hockey League, and you're telling me that they're beholden to some guy who's busy or on holidays or something. I don't buy it. So what I, my theory is this. I think that the league would rather avoid this arbitration. They don't really need this precedent being set. And I think that they've probably they, they've quietly put the ball back in San Jose's court and said, trade this contract, move this contract somewhere else, let Evander Kane play it out. Let's not set a precedent for voiding contracts uh, in this. You know, they don't, I don't think the league knows what the arbitrator is going to say in terms of why the San Jose Sharks felt that they were able to void this contract. I think that, in my opinion, I think that the San Jose Sharks will end up trading Evander Kane's right somewhere which keeps, you know, Edmonton in the mix for that, for sure. Uh, that's what I think. It's my theory. I'm not saying it's going to ha- you know, I, I'm not getting this from Gary Bettman, Bobby, but I don't like what I'm hearing from the NHL on this arbitrator that can't work until late July. I don't buy that for a second. It kind of hamstrings the Kane camp 
because they don't have a resolution of his situation. And he's the one that put forward the challenge on the uh, contract being dissolved. Well, he disputes having $22 million wiped off the books. I would dispute that, too. But I know this. The NHL, if if they're not bending – to the whims of the agent and the player on this. Now, the PA may dispute any moves that get made in this regard. I get it. But the NHL will try to do something that favors the team. The NHL will try to do something that doesn't set a bad precedent for the future. That's from where my theory comes. So, Kane's camp with Dan Milstein, they do the grievance. And a lot of people perceive, Mark, that they're trying to double dip here. This is kind of like when a guy gets let go as a head amateur scout and gets an opportunity to be a a general manager and junior. Can he collect off both if he gets severance? Well, absolutely he can, right? He doesn't want to get paid twice, Bobby. We all do. We all do. So <laughs> I have I do have empathy empathy for the position, uh, obviously, of Milstein and Kane. Um, I, I wonder whether or not, too, I'm kind of like you, Spec. I wonder whether or not there couldn't be a way to do a workaround on this, where maybe potentially San Jose eats, say, 1.5 times three years, which means okay. that the team that they trade the contract to is on the hooks for five and a half, but that team ends up giving San Jose a decent player. Yes. or a player pick compensation. Now, the only challenge with that is, how do you do that when they don't even have an acting general manager? Well, I guess they have Joe Will as acting GM, but they don't have... I mean, that's that that's a pretty layered, you know, trade to sort of execute when you're technically sort of in transition on the leadership front. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, for sure it is. It's really, really complicated because the other thing is, uh, if that trade happened tomorrow... Dan Milstein would would put in a grievance the very next day. They're still in a position, uh, the player and his agent, where they want to get a straight-out buyout on that $22 million from San Jose, as much as they can of it, and they want to walk into the market as a UFA and get another big, fat contract. That's what agents get paid to do, and that's what they're trying to do. I don't blame them a bit. So, yeah, I get what you're saying, Bob. Let's see the orders. See the orders, and you say, you know what? We'll eat all $7 million of cane, but we're going to give you Cassian, and we're going to give you, I don't know, Fogel, right? Then, then you'll take the whole cap hit from San Jose, but they got to take two players from you. Maybe you got to throw in a young prospect with that. There's a million ways to skin this cat in the trade. It can get done. Kane's a good player, and there will be a market for him. Yeah, six million bucks, by the way. Three point two Cassian, two years left. Two point seven five million on Fogel. I know you referenced those as well in some of your. Uh, you also talked a bit about yes, Puliyarvi, which is, is it's going to be interesting because Puliyarvi's restricted free agent. Yamamoto's an RFA, and. Uh, it goes without saying that uh, Ryan McLeod is an RFA as well. I think he's the easiest of those deals to get extended. Could there be some consternation over the Poliarvi deal in terms of the requisite level of compensation that is expected from Wasserman uh, through Marcus Leto, who is Acme World? Uh, Bill Zito and Marcus were part of that firm, and they've been swallowed up by Wasserman. Could, could there be some challenges there negotiating an extension? What do you think? Yeah, this the, the biggest issue with Poliarvi is he's you know he's 24 years old and we're all still I think the Poliarvi fans and the believers and, and the people that don't believe so much no one really knows what he's going to be yet we're all still projecting on this player now the one thing that separates Poliarvi from the rest of free agents in my opinion is because of his arbitration status he's the one guy that has the opinion or the the possibility 
of getting paid way more than he is worth production wise. Like he could go to arbitration and get 4 million bucks, you know, and that's too much. Ken Holland is not going to pay that player 4 million bucks. So that's why there's consternation on him. I think you know what you're going to pay McLeod. I think you have a better idea what you're going to pay Yamamoto and you're a little happier with it because I think you feel like you know what he is. Uh, I think that you're not sure what Pugliari is going to be and you're even less sure what you're going to have to pay him. All of that works. It's so uncertainty, Bob, right? Teams are uncertain about players that they don't know what they're going to have to pay them. That's a tough player to have around, man. Yeah, and again, Mark, here's where we mentioned virtually every player in the Oilers had an uptick when Jay Woodcroft took over, with the exception of one. Now, that said, Pugliari had some injury issues that which Jay Woodcroft himself uh, brought up. Speck, have you watched any of the Memorial Cup? Yeah, I have watched a fair bit of it. It's been the one difference this year is all the games have been really close. Yeah, right? I watched the Hamilton game last night, and it's it's close, tight hockey, and it's a nail biter for the Oil Kings tonight, huh? <laughs> well, it is because the, uh, if the Hamilton Bulldogs and Steve Stales, who many people think will end up in uh, NHL executive role shortly. Um, and this is where we mentioned that Philip Andelauer, who owns the Hamilton Bulldogs, is one of the wealthiest men in Canada, has a minority ownership stake in the Montreal Canadiens, and some people have linked him to the future, being the future owner of the Ottawa Senators, when the, uh, you know, if indeed the estate of Eugene Melnick ends up selling. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know the deal tonight. If Hamilton wins in regulation, Edmonton is out of the tournament. If the Oil Kings get it to overtime or win, um, uh, in regulation or in OT, then uh, they advance on to the semifinal. And the two Quebec and Hamilton team, is out. Hamilton and Hamilton's out. And, and that would, if you'd watched the, and TSN did terrific work getting all three of those uh, championships here. If you watch them, the biggest surprise for me is Hamilton. I'm not actually surprised with Edmonton. They lost Dylan Gunther. He's the best goal scorer they have. That's a massive loss for them. I thought Hamilton, I did not see Hamilton going 0-2 against the two Quebec teams to start the tournament. So, um, But it does speak to something else. Is the tournament unfair? And what I mean by that is, are we at the stage here where the host team gets to sit there and doesn't play for six weeks if they get eliminated in the first round? They get 21 practice days and they get their entire team healthy as teams like Edmonton are losing Dylan Gunther. Hamilton lost a couple players as well, uh, not as significant as Gunther. And and they end up, you know, and ironically, Shawinigan was the one champion that was fairly untouched amongst the three league champions. What are your thoughts on that, Spec? Well, and one of the things that you didn't mention was the fact that the winner of the Quebec League has taken part in three five-game series, right? Yes. The first three series in the Quebec League. I'm correct on that, right, Bob? Five you are correct, years. Mark. Yes. Yeah, so it's a shorter path for the Quebec team, for sure. Uh, look at St. John's. They lost in the first round. I know they're a good team. And I know the record heading in, all that stuff. But they lost in the first round. And they've been, on one hand, sitting around for a month and a half isn't ideal. I mean, I get that. But you sure are healthy and fresh when it starts. And, you know, the Oil Kings and Hamilton in particular. Didn't Hamilton go, did they go six games? Seven. Uh, seven in the OHL final. So there's no, I'm not a big proponent of, oh, this isn't fair, that's not fair, life's not fair, pal, that's just the way it goes. But, right, but, you can't dispute that the path to the Memorial Cup for two of those teams has been shorter and easier and less injurious than the path to the Memorial Cup for the OHL champ 
pretty much every year and the Western Hockey League champ every year. Uh, those two teams are, they go in with a, a noted disadvantage. I think that's fair to say. Yep. Uh, well, and, and it's a kind of a goofy thing, isn't it? Right? You get this your fifth playoff round, Bob. I mean, can you look at how beat up these teams are after look at the orders after three rounds? I mean, they had all these guys that could barely walk. These teams are in their fifth round now, and they're expected to be as good as they were in the first round. It doesn't work that way, I'll tell you that. Well, just to put things in their perspective, the Shawinigan Cataracts won the Quebec League championship. They went thirteen and three to win that okay, champion, okay? 16 games. 16 games. And the Edmonton Oil Kings had one of the best WHL playoff marches in the last 20 years. They went 16-3, and three, okay? They played okay. 19 games. That's three more games. And Dylan Gunther got hurt in the third game of the series against Seattle, right? So 16-3 and three is a mighty quick pass through the Western Hockey League, pal. Not many teams get through four rounds in the West and only lose three games. That's an outlier. I'm going to tell you that if the Oil Kings played 19 games this year, I haven't done the study, but I'll bet you the average is probably yeah. 22. And Ham- Hamilton, Hamilton also went 16-3. and three. So they played because uh, Mason McTavish yeah. has uh, 16 goals and 29 points in 19 games. So uh, maybe market also means that the Quebec League is better than people think. Well, there's that. Sure, there's that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to dispute that. They've they performed well at this tournament. We'll see how Edmonton does stay. Mark Spector, thank think, you for joining us, my man. All right, I was just going to say, I think Borgo is better than some people think. Every time I turn the TV on, he's scoring another. He's 1-2 and two or 2-1 two and one every night, Bobby, in this tournament. Yeah, he's had a good go here this season. Uh, and that Maverick Borg's a hell of a player for Dallas. He's a good too. player, too. Yeah, 22, for sure, Bobby. All right, good. thanks for having me, bud. You bet. 126 in Edmonton. We'll come back in two minutes' time, get to a couple texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You're listening to orders now. It's 127 in Edmonton. Cars cost less than Wetaska when my man Uncle Milt is currently on the DL. But let me tell you something about Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaska. They've got a great service department that keeps customers coming back. It's one of the reasons why Brent Ridge just received their 11th President's Award winners from Ford for customer satisfaction. If you need maintenance or repairs in your vehicle, you can call Kevin, Margie, or Mike at 1-877-477-FORD. That's 1-877-477-3673. On the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin, Brent Ridge Ford. And do want to mention, just had Mark Spector on the show for Horse Racing Alberta. Again, live thoroughbred racing uh, tonight and tomorrow at Century Mile Racetrack. Free parking, free admission. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Alan May is coming up at 135. We're going to have a little fun to close the show as well. Uh, Cletus says, Bob, if you think the Memorial Cup is tough, he's Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You need to come to Smoky Lake and try the Snakes and Ladders Tournament. Now we're talking tough. You know what? Okay. Uh, Al says, Bob, Prince Albert won in seven games on a Monday. They traveled on Wednesday across the country, and then they had to play the opening game on the Friday at the Memorial Cup. Bob, how many co- uh, hosts have won? Well, I know Rocky Thompson and Windsor won in 2017. I'd have to look through the tournament, but uh, there's been a fair amount of hosts, including hosts from the West, when the West had fewer than 22 teams. There hasn't been a WHL champion uh, win the Memorial Cup championship since the Edmonton Oil Kings in 2014. Big one for the Oil Kings tonight. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, Alan May coming up at 135 in orders now. 
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.